Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I want to start it off like this today. Uh, Put in the comments, who or what do you have trust issues with? Who or what do you have trust issues. Now be kind, okay? Because you might be sitting next to your spouse right now. Uh, be nice to them, okay? <laughs> if you're like, oh, it's that person over there. No, don't, don't start a fight. All right. I know too. Be there's media, all right, politicians, be kind, be nice in 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 the th- thing. Don't go there, I guess is what I one of the things I'm trying to leave it on. Well, whatever. Be nice. Um History books sometimes. Now, now we're even starting to question, what's my history? Um, we, we live in a, a day and age, more than ever right now, where we're, what is, who can I trust? What is truth? Um, and it's really hard, which can cause us, even with the things that we're, we're wrestling with, to, to um, maybe we, even, we can question God. And so I want to know, who do you kind of, of um, uh, hard to trust, government, politicians, are there, is there, like for me, it's mechanics, okay? <laughs> I really, um, I, I don't know if I can trust the mechanic. Now, I'm not saying all mechanics are bad. I'm just saying I'm ignorant to the issues. So when I go in and I think I need something fixed and they're like, well, you need this fixed, this fixed, this fixed. I'm like, does it really need to be fixed or not? Like, I just, I, I struggle with that. Anybody with me? Anybody struggle with with mechanics out there, uh, I want to know who who do you struggle with on on uh, trust issues. Uh, I see Stephen um, and Valerie both said myself for sure, um, and struggle with that. We have trust issues, and that that can even come with some of us. We trust uh, or we have trust issues with God because something bad happened or something bad is happening, and it makes us really kind of question. Who am I? Who are you, God? And and we have some trust issues. Some of us um, have trust issues. Robert, you hit it um, with church and church people. Amen. Come on now. We can we can be honest here. I, I know many of the people at Freedom that we talk to, and pre- pretty much everyone here, almost nearly hundred. We have some sort of issue in our past with church that has caused some distrust. Maybe it was a, a, a person, maybe it was a pastor who let you down, or, or leadership, um, but, but church people. I mean, so, and when you start bringing up questions about God and faith, you had some people that are like, well, you just need to pray more, or maybe it was a leader that told you you needed to have more faith, or if you just read your Bible, or if you just go to church, you know, there, there was something wrong with you. No, you can't go there and ask these questions about God. Maybe it was like you need to stop, stop watching those rated R movies, or, or you got some. You must have some sort of secret sin in your life. If you're you're questioning God over these bad circumstances, maybe there's some sort of secret sin that's going on, or or maybe it's the it's not necessarily a condemning thing, but it was I don't trust Christians because they kind of gloss over some of these things that I'm going through, like I just just put a Bible verse on it, or we got a picture here of. Uh, that I want to show you, like, like 2020 has been crap, right? So, you know, it's like, like Bob Ross. Anybody remember Bob Ross? Like, you know what 2020 needs? 
2020 just it just needs some happy little trees in it. And you're like, no, thank you, Bob Ross. I, I need some help, some practical help, and I'm asking some questions. And so we we have some trust issues. Um, and I want to say it's okay to acknowledge those. If you have some trust issues, if you have some doubts, you're human. It is okay. God, by nature, just get this, this is, by his nature, cannot be put in a box. So there is a mystery to God. Meaning, there's always going to be a level of question. There's always going to be a level of, I don't know this about you, God. Because we can't fully understand him. So just by nature, it is, I want to say, it's okay to have questions about God and faith. It's always going to take an element of faith. And I think God would honor your honesty rather than your hypocrisy. I'll say that again. I think God would honor your honesty rather than your hypocrisy. Like, just be honest with God. I have these questions. I have these doubts. I have these thoughts. I have these concerns. He would say, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we can start having a real conversation and move forward. And I would say, consequently, as we'll get to, I don't want to get too far ahead. Other people, other people will connect with that too. Now, promise this. God may not answer your question, but the main point I want to make here is that it's okay. He may not give you the answer to what you're, you're asking, but it is okay. I want to look at a guy named John the Baptist today. I want to, I want to, I want to look through some points in his, his uh, story, and we're going to kind of jump around. The verses will be below, um, and you might want to jot these down. But I want to look at how did Jesus handle uh, doubt? And, and there's people throughout Scripture that we could look at. I want to look at John the Baptist today. And let's start with John the Baptist's his, his birth. Okay, this is in Luke chapter 1. Um, and I'm just going to read a few verses uh, out of it. But in Luke chapter 1, kind of in verse 14, there's an angel. Imagine this. An angel comes to John's mom and dad, who were super old, like beyond a like childbearing age, hadn't had a kid. And an angel comes and says, hey, you're going to have a kid. And the angel is announcing his birth. Now, I don't, I've never met anybody who's had an angel. <laughs> come and announce their birth. It's a pretty special moment here. And he says, you'll have great joy. This is what the angel's saying. And gladness, talking to the dad. He says, many will rejoice at his birth. The angel talking about John the Baptist's birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. How awesome is this? He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks, which is where we get the term Baptist, or, or where, he, where the Baptist term comes from, from his name. Um, that's a joke. All right. <laughs> but Nobody's laughing, but I, I just thought that was funny. We get John the Baptist because he actually baptized people, not because he didn't drink drinks. Anyway, uh, trying to get the religious people to click off of here. Um, so, all right. Um, you can high five on that one or amen that one. Um, it's a joke, people. Come on, people. We got we to round it in here. All right. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many... Israelites to the Lord their God. Awesome! He gets this awesome promise from God before he was ever born to say, this is what God has planned for you. How amazing is that? You can imagine him as a, as a little kid. Dad, Dad, can you... 
what did the, what did the angel say again? Like, kind of, what? How did he say it? What did he say? When was this going to go on? Um, good. I'm glad somebody laughed at my jokes. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm I'm back to the sermon. I'm reading the comments and and talking at the same time. He had this awesome promise from God. An angel announces birth. Fast forward. He's in the ministry now, and he's successful. Going into Matthew chapter three, you learn about some of of his teaching, and people crowds are coming. And, and he's bringing it because some people, a lot of people are for him. They're changing their life. They're like, hey, I'm going to get in line with what God has for me. But then there's other people that are like, they're, they're not for him, the Pharisees. And they're kind of questioning him. So he, he, he lets them know. He says, um, but someone is coming who is greater than I am. So much so, so much greater that I'm not even worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals, which kind of always makes me think, just side point, makes me think of Jesus when he washes the disciples' feet that takes that position of a slave. John's saying, I don't even have, I'm not even worthy to, to be his slave and carry his sandals. And he says, this guy, Jesus, he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Oh man, he is bringing hellfire and brimstone with this, with this uh, talk. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. He's coming to clean house, is what John, John is, is a fierce dude, all right? If you like soft preaching, I don't think you're going to get that from John. He's like, he's coming to clean house, so you better get it straight, man. Then he'll clean up that threshing area, gather the wheat to his barn, but the burning shaft will with never-ending fire. Hellfire and brimstone. If you like that preaching, John was your guy. But just people were responding to it as well. God was working in and through him. That's not my style of preaching. Uh, I preach truth, but I'm not going to come at you hard like that. I'm going to usually come at you and listen like every speaker has their own approach. John's bringing it and God's moving in it too. So that's awesome. So he's having huge success in the ministry. Then in verse 16, he gets to baptize Jesus. Now I got a question. I want to bring this up for you just, just to keep the conversation going. What's the coolest contest you ever won as a kid? Maybe it was in middle school, high school, or, or before. What's the coolest? Con- like, have you ever had an awesome moment where you're like, wow, this is like a super sweet. I remember for me as a kid, I won at the age of, I think, five, an Atari. Uh, some of you guys don't even know what Atari is. It's a, like on a video game system before Nintendo. And I won on Centipede and Pac-Man. I dominated, and as a five-year-old, I got my first trophy ever. What's the coolest contest you've ever won um, as a kid? John has a super awesome moment um, coming as Jesus comes to get baptized by John the Baptist. All right, so continue on in verse 16. Jesse, Mark, man, it is so good to see you. Thank you for jumping in. I miss you, man. I miss our, our conversation. Jesse's all the way over in the East Coast, but I'm glad to see you here. I see uh, uh, Amari won some watermelon seed spitting contest in the third grade. Fantastic. 26 feet. Wow. Tim won a pie eating contest. Not surprised there. Uh, Michelle art contest as a kid. Jeremy won a cake at the cakewalk. Well, was it his own cake? Because I would eat his... his uh, his cakes. I would eat anything that, that Jeremy makes. But anyway, um, let's keep going. He's going to baptize Jesus. After the baptism, all right, so he baptizes Jesus. After the baptism, Jesus came up 
out of this water, and the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice comes from heaven, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. You ever have a moment where you just feel really close to God? Like where you've had a moment in your life where like, I just feel and sense the presence of God in my life. I've had those before. You think John had trouble believing in God during this moment? I don't think so. I think this was one of the highlights. Like none of us, we, we maybe have had some awesome spiritual moments in our lives, but nobody has the title of, hey, I baptized Jesus on, on our belt. Like it, it, that is John. He had this moment, very special moment. What am I getting at here? Angel announced his birth, came from heaven and announced his birth, Mir- miraculous birth um, in that, given their, their, his parents' age. He has a successful ministry that God promised, and he's seeing that come to fruition. He gets to baptize Jesus. He hears this voice uh, from heaven. He sees this dove-like uh, figure coming down from heaven, which is the Holy Spirit. He has this moment. Do you think he doubted God during that time? I don't think so, but then, As great as things were, he hit a wall. Things were great until they weren't great anymore. Have you ever hit a wall spiritually? Where where your faith has been shaken to its core. You've had some mountaintop experiences, but then something came. See, continuing on in Matthew 11, says John the Baptist in verse 2, who was in prison, heard all about the things that the Messiah was doing. Now, just time out there. Pause. He's in prison now. John was having some success. He called out one of the political leaders for, for having um, a marriage that was against God in that political uh, figure, Herod. Put him in jail. Now, John, who had had success, he's in jail. Things were going great until they weren't going great anymore. And so he had heard about what the Messiah was doing, but he sent his disciples to ask Jesus. Watch this question. Watch. After all he's been through, after all he's seen, he asked this question, are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for someone else? John, who had done everything right, who who had had all of these promises from God, is sitting there in prison. And it's not like he needed more Jesus. Oh, well, you just need more Jesus, John. Or you just need to pray more, John. No, he's having a real moment. he's, He's wondering, did I waste my time with this? Have you been there in a moment where you're just like, what? What is going on? Why is this happening? God, are you there? God, are you, do you even care? Do you not see what is happening? I did everything right. You gave me a promise. And this is where it led to. John is very fragile in this moment, but very human and real in this moment. I like how Pastor Stephen Furtick uh, said this, some of you guys, again, if you're religious, you're not going to like this, but he, he said, this is John's WTF moment. <laughs> WTF, Jesus. Where's 
the fire, Jesus? Where's the fork, Jesus? I predicted you were going to bring it. You were going to clean house, but you're you're not doing bad things. But I don't I don't see you bringing it like I thought you should. God, you're not acting like I think you should. You're not fitting in this box that I created for you. I wonder if you've ever been there before. I wonder if you've ever been there before. He asked, he sends some of his disciples, he's in prison, to say, Jesus, are you the one? Because you're not acting like I think you should. You're not doing. My circumstances don't line up like they think they should. When you're taking your next step with doubt, because we all have moments of doubt, when you're taking your next step with doubt, you need to consider the direction you're headed. John went to Jesus with his doubt. Some of us, we've let our doubt take us out. That is, that is, a, that is the fear of doubt. Now, Jesus can handle your doubt. He can handle your questions. I'm not always the best at that. When you have questions and you have doubts, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> what's happening here? I remember being a youth pastor here. I'll share the story. I'll try to be quick because I need to keep going because this is, uh, I love this conversation. In fact, we're going to continue this conversation throughout the week because there's so much more to discuss. Tomorrow, Monday morning motivation, uh, sometime tomorrow on Monday, join me for a live stream. We're going to be talking more about this. We're going to talk about, if you watched Hamilton this past week, uh, Aaron Burr. Uh, he sings that song, The Room Where It Happened. I just want to be in the room where it happened. I just want to be in the room where it happened. Some of us, our doubt will take us out. And we're not in the room where God is working and moving. Some of us, we doubt the church. And we have we have the right to be upset with the church or questioning church leadership. But it causes us to leave the room where it happened. And, and, and I will say, God has not given up on the church for all of its flaws. Leadership for all of its flaws. God has not given up on it. It is still his tool, his vehicle to get the word out. Some of us have left and we missed out where God's doing some great work. There's some changes that need to be made for sure. But I want to talk about the room where it happened. That's tomorrow. I won't give it away. But I, as a youth pastor, I used to uh, work with teenagers and we would allow them to ask questions. I really want to just have conversations. And, and a few years into that, they started really started asking questions and they started tackling their faith. But we also had students that would be like, I don't know if I believe in God anymore. And they would kind of walk away. And I'm like, what are we producing here? <laughs> As a pastor, I, I, I don't always, I can't handle all of these questions and, and maybe some people really wrestling with their faith. I'm like, are we just producing atheists here? Because I'm trying to preach Jesus, but some of them are walking away. But then I realized something that, they are starting to take ownership and really wrestle with their faith for the very first time. So when these questions come, it can take you out and you walk away, but I want to say lean in. Jesus, John went to Jesus. He leaned in. You need to consider the direction that you're going. Because if you go, hey, I'm, I'm out of this, okay? Well, you can go to a, you're, you're moving away from God to a godless world. Well, then you got, you got, to, you got to figure out uh, uh, morality. You got to figure out a system for purpose. You got to figure out a system for, for value. You got to figure out a system for injustice. Or maybe it's not a godless world. Maybe you come in like I'm God. Like I am the solution to my problems. If I would just get to my inner self, if I would just find out who I am, then I can move forward. Well, let me just that that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you're not God. Like I know that you know you. 
That's a scary proposition. So if you're moving out away from God, or you can move to another religion, but any other religion, you're going to have to work for it. So consider the direction that you're going. John went to Jesus, and, and he, he had some questions for him, and Jesus was big enough to handle them. So I want to say, if you have questions, consider the direction you're going. Take them to Jesus. He has a come to Jesus moment. Have you ever had a come to Jesus moment? Share it in the comments if you have. Just kind of a little bit of what that was like. I've had some in my life where it's like, okay, decision time. Continuing on in, in verse 4, these disciples come and says, Are you the one that we've been ex expecting? Now, you would think Jesus might, this is where he pounces on him. Have you ever had anyone who has not believed in you, who discounted you or discredited you? Like, that's pretty disturbing. You don't believe in me? You don't think I'm the one? Are you kidding me? This is the time where you think he's just, oh, you want the fire, John? Oh, I'm going to bring the fire right now. Watch Jesus' response to, to his question. Watch Jesus' response to his doubt. Jesus told him, go back, tell John, tell him what you have seen and what you have heard. Didn't we talk about that in sharing your story? Oh, tell me the things that you have seen and heard. That's your story. I want to hear more stories. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy um, are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. He's quoting Jesus is quoting from Isaiah, which he also read in Luke chapter 4 when he started his ministry. Look this up this week. It's not, it's not going to be up on the screen. But he's virtually quoting Luke, Luke chapter 4 when Jesus preaches his first uh, sermon. Only he leaves one quote out. There, there's one section that Jesus does not tell here. And he says, hey, the, the, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life. And the, the phrase he left out was, and the prisoners are set free. Translation. Jesus says, hey, hey, John, I'm the Messiah. And you're not getting out of prison. This is so hard. Because it, it doesn't have a rosy ending. John, if you know about the rest of the story in John's life, he, he dies in prison. In fact, he gets beheaded in prison. And this would, God, God, where are you? Why wouldn't you just step in and do something here? Like, I don't understand. Why would you allow this to happen? But he says, John, I'm the Messiah. And now John has to make a choice. Is it true or is it worth it? Is it true? Is it worth it? And when there's so much that you and I don't know. Is it true? Is it worth it? Is it true? Is it worth it? I'm going to trust in what I do know. When I'm wrestling with my doubt, I check my foundation. When I'm wrestling with doubt, I check my foundation. What's my foundation? It's the resurrection. That's, that's what I go back to as a Christian. Now, John didn't have the resurrection. He's before that. So he said, John, look at the things you see and the things you've heard and the things you know. Remember that time when I got baptized. See the miracles. See what God has done. Let that be the evidence. And for you and I today, we weren't eyewitnesses there, but we have the New Testament, which is reliable, written in a time. It was written by eyewitnesses in a time when there were other eyewitnesses around. 
that could verify the stories that were going on. And one thing's for sure, there was an empty tomb. There were stories circulating. You know, the disciples, they, they said they saw Jesus. But then the, the, the people who killed Jesus said, well, they, they stole the body. Nobody was, was saying, nobody, get this, nobody was saying, well, th there he is. He's still dead. He's right there. No. Everything said, there's no body there. And these disciples, they had no reason to carry on this story if it wasn't true. They all died horrendous deaths. You know this. So you have evidence in the resurrection. Start there. Let that build your foundation so you can move forward in your doubt. When you have doubt, check your foundation. And then he sends the, those, uh, the people who came to ask the question for John, he, he sent them away. And then going up in verse 7, John's disciples were leaving. And Jesus began talking about him to the crowd. So they left, and now he's going to talk to them. And he says, what kind of man did you go see in the wilderness? Talking about John. John was out in the wilderness. Think about this. He was free. He had a successful ministry. Things were going. And now he's confined to a space. Hello, COVID-19. And he's starting to question. And he's starting to wonder. And time's going on. And it doesn't seem like help is coming. It doesn't seem like there's much hope. And he started to question. This is why I want to talk to you today. Because we've been in this for four months. And I'm wondering, how are you? How is your faith? I know you got to have questions. And I want to give you a firm foundation for moving forward. I'm not saying everything's going to be rosy and great and grand and glorious. Jesus wasn't even promising that. But he's saying, hey, look at what you've seen and what you've heard. And let's move forward. He says, what kind of man did you go see in the wilderness? Was he a weak reed? No. Swayed by every breath of the wind? No. Or were you expecting a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, he wasn't that either. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes. And he was more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare the way before you. I tell you the truth, of all who've ever lived, none, watch this, don't miss this, of all who've ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist, yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Just That's kind of confusing, but he's just saying, hey, if you're in eternity with God in heaven, it's better than the highest position of anyone here on earth. But notice he also says, none who've ever lived have, were greater than John the Baptist. He's the GOAT. The greatest of all time. Like none of it, like Jesus says he's the greatest. Not Michael, not LeBron, all right? Not Tom Brady or, or um, Patrick Mahomes. Oh my gosh, go Chiefs, let's go. I'm excited about that. Um, no, he says John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the greatest of all time. And when did he say this about John? Don't miss this. When did he say this about John? Was it when he was at the pinnacle of success? When he had, when he had reached his high point and everyone's like, yeah, John the Baptist, let's go. No. He said this about John when he had some of his biggest questions of his life. Are you the one, Jesus? Or should I be looking for someone else? And Jesus said, oh, you're going to doubt me? You need to pray more, John. You need to read your Bible more, John. You just need to go to church more, John. If you, if you didn't have, oh, you probably have some secret sin in your life, John. No. He welcomed the question. He answered the question. See, Satan 
That's why we don't ask the question. Satan is scared to death that you'll get a glimpse of who God is. And sometimes you've got to go through the fire to get a glimpse of who God is. I wish I could paint a rosy picture for you, but I, I, this, is the, this is what I want. You have purpose. You have meaning. You have people on the other side of this who, who need that hope, and they're gonna, God wants to use you to get it done. Satan is, he hopes you stay paralyzed in fear. He doesn't want you to get a glimpse of who God is and how powerful he is in your life. But when you do, and you start asking these questions, and you humbly go in, chains start to fall off. You walk away. I'm talking about the chains in your mind. The prison that you've been living in your mind and you start walking out living on purpose. That I have a God who's greater than my circumstances, that I have a God who's greater than my feelings, and I can move forward even when my circumstances don't go the way I want, or God gives me an answer that I don't want. Listen, as we round this out, I, don't, I got too much more to say, and I'm going to round it out. This is one of the things that I think God just told me. He's like, you just need to say that. I, the current situation that we're in, we have all of our trust issues with media and politics and yada, yada, yada. For me, I, I don't know where this is going to go and I don't know how long it's going to go. Like in my mind, this is just me, not a prophet or anything, but I'm just like, I'm like, I'm, I think we're, this is going to be on for months. Like when November runs around, this is why I'm preaching this to you now. This is why we've gone through the armor of God. Because in November, I don't want you cracking to be like, I'm done. I'm walking away. I'm out. I, I saw the news headline a week or so ago about the suicide rates going up in, in Los Alamos. And it, it's alarming. And, I, and it's, it's a reality. I don't want you cracking in four months, five months, six months, or if God forbid, 18 months. I want you stronger. And I want you to be a light for the other people four months from now. In November, I want your faith stronger. I want you leading. I want you telling your story now so you know your story. So you can tell your story. There are going to be people who are in some rough patches of doubt and distrust, and as Christians, we need to put on the armor of God and show people that it is okay, God is big enough, and there is hope. And they're going to see that through you in your life. That's why we're dealing with it now. I wish it was rosy pictures later, and I, I pray and I hope so, but if it's not, let's do this journey together. Because there's purpose. John was a prophet, and he was more than a prophet. He had purpose. Jesus, in his darkest, like in his most trying moment, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying, Gee, God, please, if there's any other way, uh, take this cup from me. I don't want to do it. He was on the verge of completing his mission. And for some of you right now, you are right on the verge. A come to Jesus moment. Decision time. And he's inviting you in to a relationship. I have right here, who likes the Oreos, huh? I got a package of Oreos. Seth is giving me some praise hands right there. 
kind of weird. Why can't they just leave the Oreo alone? I can kind of get the double stuffed Oreo, but I saw a pumpkin Oreo at the store and all of this weird, like why? Just leave it. Let it, like just, just leave it as a chocolate chip, okay? Chocolate chip cookies, just leave it as an Oreo. Uh, maybe some milk. Who likes the milk? Dunk it in the milk. This is what you see at the store. Now right here is this bag. Inside here, it's the same thing. The same contents are in each package. Okay, yuck Oreos. Valerie's like, I don't want them. Kimberly, I see you, you like them. Same contents in each. Now, why do they put this one on the shelves and not this? If I put these up together, which one are you gonna buy at Smith's? You're gonna buy this one, the packaging, right? Now, this goes a little bit backwards, but I want you to see. What is it that attracts people to God? Now, you might say, well, it's all this shiny, nice, fancy stuff. No, 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 no. The characteristics. What characteristic of Jesus would you have in your life? If you could pick one. Wisdom. What characteristic of Jesus would you put? His, un, his, his love for his enemies. His discernment, his, his ability to tell the truth when people, that is the stuff that people connect with. It's not always shiny. And I will say this, people connect with your doubt. People connect with your failures that may not look shiny to us. But in a world that is desperate and looking for hope, they're like, oh, you're real. You're, you're someone, I value honesty over hypocrisy. I see what the contents are on the inside, and I actually like that. I actually want that. Jesus said that, that John, none was greater than John. Hm. He's questioning me. That's an honest man. He's not being a hypocrite anymore. That's the sort of stuff that draws people in. When you're vulnerable and you share your story, that's, oh, I see what's going on on the inside. They have questions too, but they still have hope and they're still moving forward. They're not fake. I see what's going on on the inside. I wonder what, what package you're displaying. Is your, is your package one of just criticism? Is your, is your package just one that just points fingers and lobs grenades at the church or at, at society or at culture and, and people run from that? Or do they see what's really happening on the inside and say, oh, I connect with that. I need that. I want that. Now, I struggle with both of these because these are my natural go-to thoughts and feelings. And this is the real me, but I got to put on the armor of God and, and let people see what's going on. People connect with your doubt. Yeah, Laura, thank you. Sometimes I got to read what people are, what are you getting out of this? And I, I like this. People connect with your doubt, your failures, your realness, your honesty, your story, your hope. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Laura, for being able to, to summarize well for all of us. What are you displaying? What are you displaying? People need your hope. Come November, they're going to need your hope. You know it's an election year. I, I'm as a pastor for this church. I want unity because we could question 
everything, every decision that's being made right now. We need unity. Focus in on Jesus. And I want you stronger. I want you, I want you stronger coming out of this because there's purpose and there's other people on the, uh, on the other side who, who need you now and they're going to need you in the future. So with that, I want to tell you, it is okay. Maybe your next step today is just to admit, I have some questions. Maybe your next step today is just to say, I have a problem with this, this situation. I have a problem with this addiction. I have a problem with this diagnosis. I have a problem with this death. I have this problem with this loss, and it's okay. He may not answer, but when you're able to be real with God, you and your relationship with him have just taken a dramatic step forward. Break the chains. Satan wants to keep you bound up. Break the chains. Walk out free and walk out with purpose. You'll grow your relationship and other people will grow too. Let's pray. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.